0: Kanye West, successful, successful hip hop artist, uh, has 21 Grammys to his name. Uh, those are not grandmothers, just so you know. But his uh, his work has been um, vulgar, uh, a lot of misogyny in them, abuse of women, mistreatment of women. But in the last year, sometime in the last year or so, um, Kanye West has uh, pr- made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And his latest album dropped two weeks ago. And uh, I saw somebody posted on, on uh, Instagram a picture of the screen in Times Square in New York City with the album cover says, Jesus is King. And uh, the person that posted that said, well, there's something you don't see very often. And if you look at the uh, songs on the album, there are titles like Jesus is Lord, Follow God, Use This Gospel, Everything We Need, and so on. I've listened to a number of them. And uh, interesting, um, one of the things that's been kind of intriguing to me is uh, there's a lot more music on these albums than just rap. Uh, There's a gospel choir that he is incorporating into it and uh, by a variety of counts uh, he's born again his wife kim kardashian has uh, stated that publicly in a number of interviews she said uh, kanye's been born again that he's a follower of jesus christ as well as the pastor who supposedly led him to christ uh, pastor adam tyson of the place to read a bible church in la uh, kanye came there at the invitation um, of, a, of a member of the church church, just a little smaller than ours, and uh, Pastor Tyson followed up with Kanye, began meeting with him, began having Bible studies with him. Uh, Kanye sends a plane sometimes to fly him out to his ranch in Wyoming to do Bible studies with him and his entourage, and uh, it's kind of interesting to see. He has said he's going to release his next album on Christmas Day, and the title is going to be Jesus is Born. It's been interesting, though, to, to see on uh, the Internet the reaction of Christians and uh, how many Christians are, are skeptical. And you, want, you know, wonder, you know, are these vulgar lyrics, the abuse of women, things of the past? Uh, it's interesting. He and his wife have been uh, clashing on uh, her attire. If you know anything about Kim Kardashian, you know she's not exactly dressed appropriately most of the time. And uh, so just recently in the last couple of weeks he um, spoke to her about how she was going to look at a particular event and they kind of went head to head. And, you know, he he made this comment. He said, um, you know, she's dressing like this for whom? Uh, I'm her husband. I'm the father of our four children. Uh, Why is she looking, you know, so uh, provocatively? And who's that for? And Kim made the comment to him, she goes, okay, she goes, you were the one that kind of pushed me to dress like this, and now all the rules are changing. She said, you may be on this journey, but not all of us are. I thought it was really interesting and kind of revealing. He no longer allows anybody around him to use uh, uh, curse words, to use profanity, and so we'll see. But it's interesting how skeptical Christians are about whether or not he's truly uh, born again. And in some ways, it's understandable. Nobody wants to be fooled by appearances. Uh, But sometimes we are, and sometimes we will be. I thought, I wonder if it's true of us as Christians that we are quicker to be um, cautious about a prospective wolf getting in the sheep pen than we are about some of the wolves that might already be there you understand what I'm saying in other words we're, we're, we're more we're uh, more quick to evaluate those who are outside the circle and say I want to get in than some that are already inside the circle that maybe shouldn't be if any of you followed what was happening this summer uh, Josh Harris uh, Joshua Harris who was a Pastor 17 years down in a megachurch of the Sovereign Grace Movement down in Gaithersburg, and uh, a millionaire who made a million bucks on a book he wrote when he was 21, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, he and his wife made this little Instagram thing and said, we're getting a divorce, we're going different directions. Um, And not long after that, he publicly stated, I am no longer a Christian. About a month later, Marty Sampson, writer at Hillsong of Christian Songs, said he was no longer a Christian. And this morning I want to talk about imposters. Uh, When I say imposters, I'm talking about people who are in the Christian circle that, one, might not be Christians. They might be wolves in sheep's clothing. Or they might be sheep, but they look kind of wolfish. A lot and uh, before we get into our text in Luke 20 I want to read this verse from 2nd Timothy 3 13 Paul says but evil people and imposters will flourish they will deceive others and will themselves be deceived but evil people and imposters will flourish they will deceive others and will themselves be deceived in fact the scripture says as we get closer and closer to the end when God wraps up the scroll of history and Jesus Christ comes back, that the deception will increase, and our, as will our susceptibility to those deceptions. And Jesus gives in our text today a, a warning, watch out. And so that's what I want to share today with you, a, a warning for us as the end of the age comes closer and closer to be on guard and not to be easily duped. All right, Luke 20, starting in verse 45. Then with the crowds listening, Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, Beware of these teachers of religious law, for they like to parade around in flowing robes and love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplace and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table at banquets. And yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be severely punished. Let's pray. Father, I pray for just a great discernment for ourselves, for those of us who know Christ, especially in an era of celebrity Christianity where it is no longer true that we get our Bible teaching exclusively at our local church. No longer true that the only Christian songs we know are the ones that we sing at our church. No longer true that the only voices we get are from people that we know well, we observe in the community, we know their lives, we know their histories, we know um, what they're like, how they live. We're in the digital age, and we are influenced, I think it's fair to say, in many cases by um, far more voices than those at our local church and in our community. Maybe the greater influence, in fact, comes from those outside sources. And perhaps that makes us more vulnerable. Um, Regardless, I pray for great discernment. I think about the warnings in Scripture that Jesus gave that um, there will be those in the last days who will not only be imposters as Christians, but will try to um, claim that they are the Messiah. And their um, presentation is going to be so convincing that the scripture says it's, it's almost even that the elect might be deceived. And so we pray for great wisdom and discernment by the Holy Spirit. And for the kind of um, outlook at all of these celebrities that holds their teaching and holds their um, songwriting and holds their blogs and holds their preaching um, holds their books lightly most of all compares them to the word of God so thankful Lord that um, nothing gets by you and that if we walk with you we can be discerning because we do have your spirit within us pray that you would teach us this morning pray that we would hear from you and not hear from the enemy who hates you who hates us pray this in Jesus name amen in Revelation chapter seven there's a picture in heaven and there are, there's a, it says there's a vast multitude a crowd there of people from every tribe and every nation and every language group and every people group too big to be count, counted and all eyes in that Scene, all eyes are on center stage. Before them is a, a throne. And on it sits the Ancient of Days, and next to him is the Lamb. There's no spotlight on anybody in the crowd. It's only on the Father and the Son. And they're the only ones who are being worshiped. And unfortunately, in our times, with the access we have to so many um, talented, gifted, uh, important people in a Christian uh, era, I call during the age of the stage, um, it's possible for us to end up with the stage lights on ourselves or on key people that we um, listen to and think much of. Uh, Here in these few verses, it seems like these men that Jesus is concerned about, they have the stage lights lit and focused on themselves. It's kind of their show. And so they love to walk around with, it says flowing robes. I don't know if they were a particular color, but a particular cut that indicated who they were. These were the religious authorities of the day. The uh, scribes, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the uh, chief priests, the religious elite. And Jesus says they, they have certain attire that, that, that tells people we're somebody important in your spiritual world. They, they like to be greeted with, ter- with terms of uh, honor and respect. They like to have the, uh, the head seats at the synagogue and banquets and so forth. And it's interesting, the same, time, the same incident that uh, is talked about in Matthew... Jesus also adds this, Matthew chapter 23, uh, beginning at verse 5, everything they do is for show. Think about that and think about celebrity Christianity today. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside and they wear robes with extra long tassels. And Jesus also says these, these men, they pray pious prayers in public to present this picture of deep humility before God. And yet behind their back, when the stage lights are off of them, they're cheating widows out of their property. Why would you do that? Greed. I'm driven by wanting. Wanting. I'm driven by, not God, I'm driven by wanting stuff and wanting to become uh, wealthier than I am. And so stage lights are on, you have the makeup on, you know, if you're you're, uh, an actor or an actress, you put the makeup on, um, you you may uh, wear uh, a wig, you may wear um, some clothing that's not yours to present a different persona than you actually are. And then when the stage lights go out, you go back to who you really are. You put on your own clothes, and you take the makeup off, and now now you're the real person. It's interesting that these are the very guys that Jesus was pointing out. These are the very guys who rejected Jesus, felt that their own goodness meant that they didn't really need what he came to offer them. And you, you just try to imagine, how do you reconcile this when you think deeply at night about who you are that you're admired by people and you pray pious prayers in public is interesting be interesting to know do they pray pious prayers in private do you pray at all in private or is this just for public consumption they didn't really need what jesus was offering them they saw themselves as righteous despite cheating widows out of their homes Now, this is the show that Jesus was pointing out to the people of his day. Beware of these teachers of law, warning them. Let's talk about our show in our day. And I want to put this under three categories today, false teaching, false living, and lavish living. Let's talk about false teaching. The Bible warns again and again and again and again and again about false teaching. And I wonder who you think about when you encounter verses like that in Scripture in your day. Now, we all have our heroes. We all have uh, people that we follow, kind of in the Christian evangelical subculture. Uh, Some of the people that I follow are people like John Piper, uh, J.D. Greer, David Platt. um, uh, Just drew blanks. Those guys. And, and I have their books on my shelves, and I read them, and I follow some podcasts, and I read articles about them, and I, um, John Piper has had a deep influence in my life since I read his uh, book Desiring God back in the mid-90s, and it was, um, it, w- it was a phenomenal book that if you go slowly through it, it can be transformational in you. And, uh, and, and, and yet, he's not perfect. And the people that you follow, not perfect. Um, they may be great teachers, but poor livers. Or they might have moments where they fall and, and then they get back up again. And the, well, Everybody's made of, of clay. And so we always have to go back to the Word of God again and again and say, is what I'm consuming from these teachers, these pastors, these writers, these bloggers, does it square with the Word of God? Um, Back about, uh, I want to say maybe 12 years ago, I, I got a hold of a CD of a sermon that was preached by Rob Bell at Willow Creek Community Church. It was preached, I think, on a Good Friday. And it was, on, it was uh, taken from the Old Testament um, Day of Atonement. When they have two goats and one is sacrificed and the other one is symbolically placed, all the sins of Israel are placed on that goat, the Azazel, and he goes out into the wilderness, taking with him the sins of Israel. And by the time the sermon was done, I was in my car, remember, driving down the road and listening to this. I'm just weeping. It was so, such a powerful picture of Christ taking our sins on himself and dying. And I, probably in the, in the next month or so, I listened to that sermon six, seven, eight times and I actually considered doing something I've never done. And I was preaching somebody else's sermon. It was so powerful. Many of you know that in 2011, Rob wrote a book entitled Love Wins in which he made a case for universalism. Everyone goes to heaven. It was vintage Rob Bell. He asks a lot of questions as a kind of a way to dodge uh, anyone pinning him down and saying, you taught this. No, I didn't. I just asked a question. He was out of his church within a year. Uh, It wasn't long before he was on Oprah Winfrey's show saying that he and his wife both on the show saying that they um, now see that gay marriage is uh, commended by God. And it wasn't long after that before he was uh, questioning the Bible as the word of God. And it wasn't long after that until he said um, that he doesn't believe that Jesus is the only way to God. And one of the challenges that we have in our days is that people that, people that tend to win hearings of a large audience are very good speakers, very good writers. They're compelling, they're captivating. And they draw us in by things like how they tell stories, by things like, are they entertaining? Can they tell me jokes that keep me on the edge of my seat? That they write in such a way that they tend to hit where I hurt? And sometimes my fear is that in the Christian community, we are determining whose voices we will give uh, give ourselves to most by whether or not those things are true rather than whether or not they are biblically true. It's interesting. Time magazine, when Love Wins was published, said that uh, described Rob Bell as a rock star of the church world. And today he's not even in the church. Some of you uh, have been followers uh, in the past, at least of uh, Jen Hatmaker, uh, pastor's wife, uh, prominent conference speaker at women's conferences, um, uh, blogger, author, uh, very engaging speaker and writer. And uh, again, three years ago, she came out and said that her husband and her had been uh, searching the scriptures for a year. And somehow after that, Concluded that God can confirm uh, gay marriages, gay relationships as holy, despite the fact that the Bible calls them in the Old Testament detestable and in the New Testament an error. And it was intriguing how many, um, as I would read um, people's comments, Christians, uh, speaking about uh, the folks that are criticizing Jen Hatmaker after she came out like this saying oh um, I'm a Christian but uh, the Christians that are criticizing her are narrow narrow-minded they're not forward-thinking and so forth and I'm like do you, do you have your Bible and are you comparing Jen's teachings with the Bible and tragically, we, we could talk about dozens and dozens and dozens of people like this today and mark my words, it's just the beginning. We're going to see a wholesale, I believe, departure from the authority of God's word, ultimately the authority of God, in the years to come, almost in a, like a flood. Not just in what we would consider mainline churches, but in evangelical churches. Why do I think that? As God said that's what's going to happen and as the end comes the love of most will grow cold so our show with all the lights on we've got lights on teachers false teachers by the way just as a footnote to that a lot of our teaching inadvertently even without thinking about it comes through our music Did you ever think about how um, how drawn we are to music and the, we- the power that music has to uh, infiltrate our minds and put things in there that we're not even thinking about. But the music, by its compelling nature, is shaping our thinking without us even realizing it. I used to uh, pest the worship leaders after uh, a Sunday in a particular song, and I would say, um, now go back through the, the lyrics of that song, and if 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 there's nothing in that song that an orthodox Jew couldn't sing. It's not a Christian song. In other words, if it's just a song about creation, about God's goodness and so forth, and doesn't at all address the work of Christ, it's not a Christian song. It it's might be a godly song, but it's not a Christian song. And of course today, um, the Christian music industry is a multi, multi multi-billion dollar industry. Why? Because we love music, all of us. Um, We love all kinds of music, but most of us who who are Christians are getting fed a a diet of Christian music too, and just an encouragement to weigh and evaluate the music that, that you're getting. Uh, and, and as being important in your life. Just interesting little um, incident from my own life. Back late spring, uh, in concert with a message I was preparing, I went uh, looking for a theme for, in a Christian song that was out there. I was looking for what might be a new song along this particular theme. I came across a song that was absolutely riveting for me. I mean, musically, it was... Uh, in fact I just uh, Friday night I was going home from somewhere and I pulled it up on YouTube just to listen to it again it's just so captivating to me I only got to the lyrics though about the third day fourth day why it's all about the music turns out the lyrics were okay Uh, lyrics were more than okay they were good but as I did more research it was interesting the group that put it out was a heretical group music has such power where just the words, they don't have the same power as they uh, do when they're put to, put to music. But the show in our celebrity Christian, Christian celebrity world has not only to do with false teaching but false living where the, the, the lights are on these people um, in a limited way and then they go home and we don't see them. We don't know what's going on. When I was in seminary in Chicago, one of the churches that uh, we frequented was Willow Creek Community Church sort of been back in the um, uh, late 80s and it was the fastest growing church in the United States it was the first true mega church pastor Bill Hybels had planted the church it grew to a thousand virtually overnight a lot of innovative ministry there there are a few of you that are here uh, that went to Willow Creek. You came to visit us during those days, Dave and Kathy back there, and we'd we'd always take our visitors to see Willow Creek. It was kind of like a, the local attraction, and um, and I was always intrigued by how they did the ministry. I was intrigued with Bill Heibel's heart for evangelism. He's written a lot of evangelistic books over the years. He's actually written over uh, over fifty books, either himself or with others. And uh, 24,000 as of about two years ago attending their church, multiple sites as well. And then the Chicago Tribune did an expose of Bill Hybel's life about March of 2018. Landed on the front page. Turns out the elders had been investigating charges against him by numerous women staffers for the past four years. And he defended himself initially and then six weeks later when the clamor grew uh, into a, a cacophony, he finally decided to move up his retirement, which he had scheduled for late last year and he stepped down immediately. And then in August of that same year, another front page story in the New York Times by a personal assistant of his, a woman who had been his assistant for eight years, lived with the family for two years and she revealed all kinds of things. And inside of a day, Bill Hybel's successor had resigned. His one successor and the other successor resigned within several weeks, and by the end of the year, all of the elders had resigned. An outside team of prominent evangelicals was brought in to evaluate all of the charges of all of the women against him. And they concluded earlier this year that they were credible charges. It's interesting, one of the books that Bill wrote late in the last century was who you are when no one's looking. Who you are when no one is looking. And part of the challenge is in the digital age when we have our heroes who are far away from us. We don't really know what they're like, how they live. And so we don't, really know what kind of people they are and what's behind the words that we're drinking in and savoring and using to lead our own lives. One of the let me just kind of do in a footnote here. One of the things that often comes up when leaders like this get exposed is nobody's perfect. Unfortunately The charges against Bill Hybels were a pattern over a long period of time. It wasn't a, this is, I did this and oops, uh, I repent and put some people around me to hold me accountable and take some steps that mark true repentance. In fact, to this day, uh, Bill Hybels has not been seen seen or heard from in the last 15 months at least. And then there's John Christ. How many of you like John Christ's comedy? John Christ? anybody know of him? John Christ, Christian comedian, uh, pastor's son, very prominent. I mean, he's uh, doing really well, has a Netflix special just about to come out. It's in the middle of his tour. Uh, actually, interesting, fun fact, his dad and my sister went to school together. Unfortunately, this week, uh, Charisma Magazine came out with a piece on John Christ. Um, uh, revealing that um, they interviewed five women who've leveled charges of uh, sexual affairs with John Crist. They interviewed uh, other people and uh, confirmed, not only these but others, that he has had a pattern of sexual affairs uh, with married women as well as unmarried women. Um, He has offered women uh, tickets to his shows in exchange for sexual favors, sexting in the middle of the night while he's drunk. And so they called John up this week and asked him to comment on the article before they published it. And to his credit, he acknowledged um, most of it. He said there are a few things that are not true, but most of it's true. He said this is an ongoing problem that my uh, closest friends uh, know about. Uh, he said, I've sinned against these women. I've sinned against my Savior. I've sinned against those I love most. He immediately canceled the rest of his tour, and he is seeking help. Praise God. We should praise God for that kind of thing. Pastor James McDonald, some of you have followed that story. and Pastor James built essentially a small denomination, a harvest, uh, harvest group of churches. He was pastoring in Chicago, about 13,000 people at his church. It was fires last February. Um, a lot of things, ugly things, came out in a world a magazine expose last November. Uh, result of that was he and a summon of his elders uh, filed suit against the writer and some others. He got caught on a hot mic saying things like he would like to plant child pornography on his critic's uh, computer. Uh, on some of the journalists that would he thought were out to get him. Uh, two of the former members of the church, including a bodyguard this spring, uh, um, publicly testified that he asked them for help in killing his ex-son-in-law. And just this past Sunday, the church finally uh, publicly announced that they uh, in their opinion, James is biblically disqualified from ministry and can never return to lead them. Quote, he has a pattern of being disruptive, insulting, belittling, and verbally bullying others, improperly properly exercising positional and spiritual authority and extravagant spending, utilizing church resources, resulting in personal benefit. Now, it might bother you that I am naming names and articulating Sins. I have a couple purposes in this. One, just to remind us that when we give people our ears and our hearts and let them speak into our lives, um, the more distance we have to them, the harder it is to know who we're letting speak into our lives. My guess is that some of you, like me, would listen to Uh, James McDonald's uh, uh, Walk in the Word uh, program on WDAC. Uh, I have um, on my shelves, I have Bill Hybel's books. Uh, I have uh, watched (laughs) numerous clips of John Christ's um, uh, comedy routine. Uh, He's good. But we have to be and are called to be discerning. And not automatically give say I you're you're my voice you're the one that's going to have greatest impact or great impact in my life because the potential for false teaching the potential for false living Uh, let me just make a comment on the false living just because someone gets it wrong doesn't mean that some of the things they teach us are bad it's interesting, and back in the Matthew 23 passage, Jesus said about these chief priests and scribes, He says, "Do as they do as they say, but don't do as they do." In other words, the teaching is their teaching might be sound, but their living is not. Let me touch on lavish living, and I'm running long here, but um, 1 Timothy, chapter six, beginning of verse four says this anyone who teaches something different um, and he means different from the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ previous verse anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words this stirs up arguments ending in jealousy division slander and evil suspicions these people always cause trouble their minds are corrupt and they have turned their backs on the truth to them A show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. And just as a disclaimer, I don't know, for a Christian leader, I don't know how much money to have or how much money to spend on yourself is too much. I don't don't know what that figure is. All I know is when I look at certain things, red flags go up for me. And so when I see a picture of a 10 million dollar mansion that Joel Osteen has red flag goes up for me Stephen Furtick builds a house with five bedrooms that's fine you have company and so forth I get it seven and a half bathrooms 8400 square feet and another 8,000 square foot of garage porch and basement like I even if it's not too much it might be too much for your people should live at a more commensurate level with your people, I think, as a pastor. That's maybe just mine. There are things that all of us know are over the top. So when Creflo Dollar goes on television and says, I want 200,000 of you to give me $300 each so I can buy a new $65 million jet, everybody goes, wait, what? <laughs> What's interesting is that somebody like that would, would, have, would think that when people would see this, they would think that's okay. What is appropriate? appropriate? I don't really know. Here's what I do know. A couple of problems that we have in our age. One is the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel gives some people license. In other words, it tells them this prosperity is not just okay, It's something that you should pursue and is proof of God's blessing on your life. By the way, that's not true. And it's a real stretch to try to make an argument that Jesus was prosperous. So one problem in our age is the prosperity gospel gives us license. The second one is that digital distance gives cover. What I mean by that is we we don't live in Barrington, Illinois. We don't really know what Bill Hybels lives like. We don't go to his church. And so this kind of lavish living um, can ha- kind of happen out of, out of sight. Or it can get a um, approval because of the prosperity gospel. Tony Campola, who is, in my opinion already, uh, he teaches false teaching himself these days. But he has always been concerned about finances. And I think this statement is true. He says, money is more dangerous than most things because it molds consciousness more than anything else. Few things control our behavior more than our economic status. Um, I I think one of the hedges against this problem with lavish living for Christian leaders is give as as much of your money away as you can. Now, we're back in Luke again. I want to read the following verses in Luke 21. Such a contrast. So, so Jesus is talking about the stage lights that are on these uh, spiritual leaders. They're on. Now the stage lights are off. Listen to somebody that's not in the, in the lights. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. And then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. The text literally says everything she has to live on. That means that this woman gave all the money that she could have had to buy dinner tonight or to buy food for tomorrow. She could have given all the money that she had to pay rent for next week. She could have paid um, money that she owed somebody as a debt. And it's interesting. A lot of times in the Gospels, we see Jesus is teaching people. You should do this. You shouldn't do this. Watch out for this. And Jesus is teaching people in this passage, but it's not the woman. He's teaching the disciples. He says, take note of this. Because the woman already knew things that they needed to learn about and I need to learn about. She already knew that God mattered most to her. She she already knew that God was worthy of everything. And she already knew that God could be trusted. So confident of that, she could give up everything. What What a contrast to guys that are trying to steal widows' houses. A widow who's giving up everything she has. I just want to leave you with a warning watch out for imposters and a couple of suggestions to help us be on guard against it Um, because celebrities hide behind our ability to know them so four suggestions one how do you be how can you be discerning about false teachers and people who live falsely and live lavishly one cultivate your own faith This is especially important for uh, regarding false teaching. Cultivate your own faith. If your faith is shallow, weak, and uh, unshaped by the word of God, uh, you are going to be susceptible. You're gonna be easily duped. Cultivate your own faith, and as part of that, know your Bible. Become conversant enough in your Bible that you can recognize false teaching. And how do you do that? Let's be honest, some of us read our Bibles when we come to church, and that's it. Uh, we need to feed ourselves daily with the Word of God. And, and if you struggle, is something you don't understand, you, I'm sure you have Christian f- friends that can and would be glad to help you. We have elders in this church that would be glad to help you. Pastors here that would be glad to help you as well. Um, third, make your local church your authority. Whether you come here or somewhere else, make your local church your authority. Don't misunderstand me to say that you should take everything as gospel you hear from this platform. But this should be your premier place of authority biblically. If it's not, in, if it, in your mind, it's not uh, worthy of that, then you should be someplace else. If, this, if you believe that the, this is the place where you're going to get biblical truth from the pulpit and the ABFs and your small groups, this should be your number one go-to place where your spiritual authority lies and if you don't feel it's worthy of that then you need to be someplace where you that can be the case fourth and last Google celebrities (laughs) that's the one advantage that we have in the digital age Google celebrities you can find a lot about them how they live and the and the way they live and the kind of teaching they have Um, as I said I, I follow John Piper a lot John Piper's written over 50 books and made a boatload of money off, off of them and never received a penny from it. Every year he has a, a, a board that gets together and they look at all the proceeds that all their books, his books have made and they give it away. He's never taken a dime from his books. He's afraid of it, partly. He's afraid of that money. He says, first of all, my church paid me all those years. I didn't need that money. I, I have enough to live on. And he's afraid of what it could do to him. Uh, Rick Warren uh, made a boatload of money on the purpose-driven life, purpose-driven church. And so much so that he paid back his church all the money they had ever paid him to be a pastor. And now today, he lives on 10% of his income and gives 90% away. That tells you something about the heart, and that tells you something about the man. Um, And you can learn all that from Googling him. And you can learn all about Rob Bell's demise by Googling him. Here's the kind of the bottom line to this conversation. You only have one Savior. It's not David Platt. It's not John Piper. It's not Jen Hatmaker. It's not Lauren Daigle. (laughs) It's not Peter Enns. It's not Sarah Young. It's not Joel Osteen. It's not Francis Chan. It's Jesus. And be on guard that you don't get them confused. Father, thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, the one who will never let us down, the one who uh, n- never have any doubts about how he lives. He's tempted in every way just as we are, yet it was without sin. I don't have any doubts about his teaching. Um, John says that he came from you to reveal you to us. Um, we thank you for the Savior uh, of of a quality like that who would stoop to rescue people like us and love us with an everlasting love. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.